0: live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George
1: Washington Broadcast Center Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty Armstrong and
0: Getty And now he is Armstrong and Getty live from Studio C cheesing your it's a dimly lit room that we work from, deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And today, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Shovel-ready green jobs for the future. Okay. So the big uh, infrastructure thing is going to pass today, I think the Senate's voting on it. Yeah, you know they. Uh, this is the hit a, real a big... infrastructure, even right, though it's right, only twenty three percent infrastructure. They're calling this one the real infrastructure package. Correct. Three yes. quarters of it are not infrastructure. But anyway, go ahead. And that and this is the good one. Right. Yeah, this is the good. That's what I'm saying. This is the good one, and seventy five percent of it is not infrastructure. Oddly enough, the thing would have uh, been voted
1: on, I think, by now, but they've run into a snag having to do with the regulation of Bitcoin really? or not Bitcoin, but cryptocurrencies. Yeah, they're trying that's to figure out right. how to how to get tax revenue out of it, and they're all hung up. They're try, still trying to explain what Bitcoin is to most of the senators, so that's a hang-up.
0: Well, let's, uh, yeah, I'll bet, because I certainly don't know what it is. Um, let's kick off the show appropriately. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It's Tuesday, August the 10th. The year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin
1: mining for the truth, precisely according to FCC <laughs> rules and regulations. At Mark.
0: Boo! Boo! She's a All right, Michael. what was that? What was that? That's
1: AOC being booed. Mm. <laughs> in what context? I mean, was she in her kitchen walking or? down the street? <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs>
0: See, I'm not a fan of that sort of thing. I think I don't think we need that. I think that's yeah. no good. Although I, I would agree that it's rude, but you've got to admit that had a, more a jolly
1: and comedic feel than screaming at Ted Cruz as he tries to eat dinner.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. No, of of those sorts of things, that was uh, more of your jolly type. But. Oh, boy,
1: <laughs> remix please internet
0: are you listening are you awake a remix by noon today i don't really want to talk about uh the government but while we're on the topic for right now um i i it's interesting to me that we live in a time where people get so irate about these issues to their friends to their neighbors to see a politician on the street But don't pay any attention to any of the legislation that's going on. I mean, you can't get anybody's attention for the fact that we're spending trillions of dollars. Just nobody cares. Right. So it's all performative. Like the same as with the politicians. It's all performative. We like the we like the performance of anger in front of a crowd and other people and voice, but not actually paying attention to any, any policy or how anybody's voting or getting active in our own communities or any of that stuff. Right, except that
1: the really pop stuff that bubbles up, you know, masks and vaccines and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. which is another thing I don't really want to talk about. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so anyway, the green jobs thing that I uh, sarcastically introduced as the general manager, it's uh-huh. just become clear to me. Uh, well, it's always been clear to me that, that uh, as H.L. Mencken put it, roughly, that every election is sort of an advanced auction of stolen goods, so <laughs> th- the goods are going to be stolen, the scams are going to be scammed, the treasury will be emptied. It's just, uh, it's just a question of by whom and and on what pretext. And it's become clear that in uh, you know in shades of the Obama years, now it's all about we're going to lead the world. Jennifer Granholm, the energy secretary, was on a uh, special report with Brett Barry yesterday, and she was touting touting how we're going to lead the world in the production of solar panels and windmills and the rest of it. we're going take it back from China and all and I thought okay we're going to we're going to just pump enormous amounts of cash into crony owned uh you know tech companies again okay hello cylindra
0: so this Meet the new
1: cylindra same as the old cylindra
0: this hour we need to get to um if you didn't hear uh the last hour of the Armstrong and Getty show yesterday and if you ever miss an hour you can go to armstrongandgetty.com and grab the podcast but Last hour, we got into how the, you you probably didn't hear this, the first trans athlete won a gold at the Olympics over the weekend. Mm. There's a heck of a twist to that story, though, that I find very interesting. So uh, we'll talk about that this hour, which kind of fits in with this Wall Street Journal op-ed piece about um, a pediatric association is stifling debate on gender dysphoria. The American Academy of Pediatrics does not want to hear any other view at all on this. You don't even get to talk. And we'll get into some of the details. It's uh, pretty damned interesting.
1: You know, it's only recently that I've become aware that the uh, American pediatrics, uh, what you call it, is uh, very similar to the AMA, in which it's very lefty-leaning. It's like yeah. the American Bar Association is is the freaking Marxist
0: Or AARP. I, yeah. I, you know, you spend your whole life hearing about the, the retirement group, the AARP, and they're they're, they're a very, very political organization. Yeah. I wouldn't give them a dollar. No. Um, uh, yeah, so we got to do both of those stories. They're they're pretty interesting. And it, it became pretty clear in that article and uh, with somebody we were talking to yesterday, the United States is way out there from the rest of the world on a lot of this stuff. Um, I, I, I grew up anyway with the idea that Europe was ahead of us. Ahead, you know by by lefty college professors' views, that's ahead. But Europe was ahead of us in terms of being progressive and understanding human beings and all this different stuff. Mm-hmm. But we now are, like, leading the world, and Europe looks at us like, you're crazy over there. Here's where we're going to draw the line. Right, exactly. If you lost your grasp of reality, U.S., are you nuts? Yeah, like uh, France officially, what did Macron say last year? Something about don't uh, don't California our, our government here with wanting to do a variety of things around... <laughs> Uh, he and she and pronouns and stuff like that. (laughs)
1: Hey, California, what do you think
0: of that? You're being used as an epithet
1: around the world. France.
0: (laughs) France thinks, hey, let's not be like California, all right? Let's have some sanity here. What are you, a Californian? that's that's really interesting. So both of those stories I think you'll find fascinating. Um. Oh, hey, one more thing. I'm pretty, we did this
1: later in the show, but I just, I want to inflict it briefly on the early listeners. The percentage of Hispanic adults that prefer the term Latinx. Oh, yeah. Which is just hilarious. <laughs> it is. I mean, the New York Times and NPR and the Washington Post are committed to it. I'll give you a
0: hint who's not. I, they think it's no bueno. Stay with us. Hey, I'm looking up at CNN, which is on for some reason on a TV in this room. I will take care of that during the commercials so that it is no longer on. But um, well,
1: Alex and I were chatting before the show and we said, uh, are you in the mood for watching some horrific crap?
0: <laughs> and he said, yeah, yeah, I am. So we, we flipped to CNN. But uh, it says up there, CDC data suggests more than 99, more than 99.99% of fully vaccinated people have not had a severe breakthrough case. That is the flip side of the number, the scariest number that people hit you with all the time. When they hit you with a raw number without Mm -hmm. the denominator, this many thousand people have had a breakthrough case. The flip side of that and uh, percentage as opposed to a raw number is 99.99% of those of us who are fully vaccinated have not had a breakthrough case of COVID. That's a pretty good percentage. A, A serious breakthrough case or a breakthrough case at all? Severe breakthrough
1: case. Okay. Yeah, because I know a lot of people m- want to make a big deal of the fact that you test positive, which is, it's meaningless. I mean, you're going to be fine. You're not going to get sick. Mm-hmm. So 99, uh, uh, more than ninety-nine point nine nine. Tell yeah. you what, just to be fair, I'll round down. I'll go with 99.99. So
0: damn close to 100% yeah. are not going to get real sick from this if you've been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Anyway, then make your choice from there. How does mailbag look?
1: Oh, It's very nice. Very nice. Little of this, little of that. It's like going to the
0: shopping mall. Cool. Malls are dying, by the way. I was just reading that as if I needed to. First trans gold medalist. Wait till you hear this story and what the American Pediatrics Association says about that. If, like, say your seven-year-old, seven-year-old, you think he's a boy, says he thinks he's a girl. Um, how do they look at that? Well, we look at it differently in the United States than they look at it in other countries. I'll tell you that. Uh, We got all that stuff on the way. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
0: saw so a story about uh, somebody not, a celebrity not getting invited to Obama's birthday party. Larry David said he was not invited or uninvited. Uninvited, um, yeah. Uh, we'll do that story later. But um, I was wondering about that if uh, among a certain crowd, that had to be a... Especially when you have 400 guests or however many it was. To not make the cut has got to be a... Ooh, it's got to be an ouch. It's got to be a real... If you're kind of in that circle... Didn't see at Obama's party. Did you have something? Yeah, I I, I I, wasn't invited. You weren't invited? Okay. Well, it was really good. Yeah, it was kind of under the weather. So, yeah. Uh, well, and the weird, uncomfortable
1: part is originally the guest list was 450 people or whatever it was, and then they cut it down
0: by 150 or something like that. Right. So, some people got the call. All right. And the word was already out that it was 400, whatever it was. So, you knew that you were in the bottom quarter of his friends. <laughs> Well, yeah, because <laughs> usually you don't do that with your friends. You have friends, but you don't you don't make it clear who's in the top three quarters or who's in the bottom third or whatever.
1: Yeah. You were invited just because you're kind of well known and we're having to cut down the list and the Obamas don't really like you much. So please don't come. OK, that had to be uncomfortable. Here's your freedom, loving quote of the day. Once again, thinker, author, Aldous Huxley. Uh, you know, let's go with this one. There is only one corner of the universe you can be certain of improving, and that's your own self. Yep, no doubt. Yeah, only thing you uh, got control over. That thought has been stated by, uh, uh, by many. Mostly the only thing you've got
0: is your reaction to things.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, true, indeed. Actually, Huxley has some good, uh, uh, good quotes about that. That uh, Experience isn't wisdom, it's how you react to it and what you do with it. Anyway, because man. life
0: will keep lifing you. Oh boy,
1: oh boy, over and over again over
0: again until you're dead. <laughs> wow God <mama. laughs>
1: uh, mailbag <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> eh. Oh, you know this is very, very serious. Michael, I'm gonna ask you to lower the music for a moment. oh boy. Greg in Sacramento says, hey, guys, uh, listener for 20-plus years, last October, my 16-year-old son took his life with no prior indications of emotional problems, except he hated the isolation. Thank you for continuing to hold our public officials accountable for what they did to children with their overzealous lockdowns. Uh, We will, Greg. Thank you for reminding us that this stuff is not just something to yell at each other on Twitter about. That there are actual human souls and human lives that are being abused and affected. Michael, the music can continue.
0: I wish that could ever get into the mask conversation of schools being open and all that sort of stuff. Um, The damage that is done by not being at school. Well, in the fever pitch of the whole conversation...
1: Whether it's to be in school or not to be in school, masks and vaccinations—it's just—it's become like all of life is Twitter. Yeah. All there is 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 adamant, shouted opinions. Anyway, uh, gentlemen or ladies or they—I don't want to mess up your pronouns. <laughs> right? Uh, we'll just call them a uh, young anonymous. As a young 22-year-old senior in college, I'm still finding my own political beliefs and ideologies. These days I'm becoming more and more of a fiscal conservative uh, than ever. As Jack says almost daily, I'm scared for the future of this country. Although I do not have the, have children, and the thought of them scares the bejesus out of me, I would like to have some and raise them in the greatest country on earth. Offering them the same opportunities in life that my parents offered me, right? Um, My main point, the state of government politics in this country out of control. I'm forced to write papers from liberal perspectives if I want a decent grade. I hide my opinions from friends out of fear of being berated and live in fear that riots and increasing crime will lead to harm me or my friends. Uh, etcetera, etc. Cetera. Jack has said before so society veers guardrail to guardrail blindly, passing the sweet spot throughout time. That was actually that's the Joe Getty unifying theory of civilization, son. Get us get us straight. In
0: your footnotes uh, on your paper.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're failed. Anyway, thanks for the note. Uh our our accent is on the youth today on in Mail They're the future There's, of America. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh Garin- writes, I was called by the CDC to take their short survey about the COVID vaccine. I said, all right, of all the questions I was most bothered by, the one, that's an odd sentence. Anyway, the question that he was most bothered by is the one asking if I'd been born in the U.S. I wondered why is this question allowed, but a citizenship question on the census is not? Wow. And they went to the Supreme Court for the decision? How hypocritical. It's Biden's CDC. Well, that's because virtually nothing is what a politician says it is, or virtually nothing is done for the reasons a politician says they're being done. It wasn't Bingo. out of fear of suppressing Hispanic responses. It was out of fear that people would realize how many illegal immigrants there were in the country. What would
0: you say, Mr. President? What you say, Mr. President? Bingo.
1: There you go. He's taking a nap again. <laughs> Come on. Uh, let's see. John with no H writes, uh, As you can imagine, the message boards of the Internet, there's been a lot of chatter about jobs and employment, mostly young liberal-minded people, upset that jobs aren't offering more money. A lot of them feel the pay is too low for the jobs they're applying for. <laughs> Get more skills. Well, they all... you
0: don't pay people to stay home, they take them whether they like it or not. It's the whole starve or not principle.
1: And also, uh, they're discouraged they have to go through five to seven rounds of interviews for a single position. Uh, in addition, a lot of them claim their applications were passed over for people with less experience. I wonder if they realize that the interview process has likely been extended so it can be done in a more equitable and inclusive manner. <laughs> exactly what the young liberal minded people claim they wanted. And perhaps their application was passed over even though they were more qualified because their skin color didn't really scream equity. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see numbers yeah, out yesterday.
0: We've got the most job openings in the history of keeping track of that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Well, if you want a, a workplace that puts skin color over qualifications, uh, you're in you're in good shape. Uh, meanwhile, I've continued to make over thirty dollars an hour driving for Uber throughout twenty twenty one and twenty and twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one and put that money in the stock market, which is in turn maybe even more money. Thanks, capitalism.
0: God, I had a good conversation with an Uber driver. I don't remember what town it was in, but uh, about he said hey, he can make good money, at Uber. He said you just have to be smart. Some of these people are dumb. And he and he talked about you gotta know when the this festival start is happening and when the ball game is going. He said if you know when you know when all you pay attention and you know when all these things are going on and you're in the area at the right time, you can make a lot of money. And I thought, I'll bet there are lots of Uber drivers that never consider that at all. Yeah, you contemplate
1: when are the high-demand times and high-demand events, because the fares are a lot higher then, too. I mean,
0: sometimes multiples higher. But imagine, I'm sure there are people that take that into account, and people who never do. Well, sure. The people that do are going to make more money. Jack, some might suggest that stupid should hurt. Or you're going as far as your talent and hard
1: work will take you. Right, exactly. Smart, hardworking, innovative. Uh, They should pay, and they do pay in America. Which reminds me, I've got a great editorial about the the cruelty of liberalism. First trans gold medal next. Armstrong and Getty.
0: The Armstrong and Getty Show. South carolina's Tim Scott looking at running for president, I kind of thought maybe he wasn't, but now there's some information out that maybe he is, so that'd be cool mm. I'm kinda kind of hot on him, yeah, last we heard he was thinking of getting out of politics entirely Trey gowdy like so we talked a lot about the weightlifter a uh, woman trans woman and uh and what that meant to the Olympics, and she did not medal, so it kind of tabled the conversation for a while um. But she did. She did. You know, make her team from her country.
1: Anyway, you had. Her- I, th- I think the most telling moment was when the uh, the actual medal winners wouldn't say a word about her presence. You, it was just obvious the way the actual competitors feel. But
0: so no when I, I started haven't. seeing headlines yesterday that Canada's Quinn becomes the first trans athlete to win gold medal at the Olympics, I thought, how did we miss this story? Let me read a little bit of it from Rolling Stone. Quinn, a member of Canada's women's soccer team, became the first trans athlete to ever win a gold medal when Team Canada defeated Sweden on Friday in women's soccer at the Tokyo Finals. The uh, It says here, uh, they came out as trans in 2020. So uh, their pronouns are they. So whenever you hear they, they're talking about this Quinn person. There aren't multiple people. Right. It's so one goes, person who goes by one name. The International Olympic Committee soon after updated their guidelines toward trans and non-binary athletes, allowing Quinn, New Zealand weightlifter Laurel Hubbard, who we talked a, a lot about, and a few others to compete in the Tokyo Games. When Quinn first arrived in Japan two weeks ago, they wrote on Instagram, First openly trans Olympian to compete. I don't know how to feel. I feel proud seeing Quinn up in the lineup and my accreditation. I feel sad knowing there are Olympians before me unable to live their truth because of the world um, I feel optimistic for change. Change is legislature. Changes in rules, structures, and mindsets. And so more of the headlines that Quinn is the first openly trans athlete to win a gold medal. How um, did nobody talk about this? The Hill, uh, the AP, I was reading from Rolling Stone, NBC News. They all go through all these articles, and none of them. And I was, re- I was the whole time I was thinking, well, D- did Quinn used to be a dude? Because this is a big deal if the star of the Canadian soccer team that won the gold medal used to be a dude. This, yes. is, this is the moment we've always all wondered about. You know, is this going to blow up women's sports? And, I, and they Was never. she running roughshod over the competition on the pitch? But they, they kept talking about them coming out and how proud they were of coming out and being the first trans gold medal winner and everything like that. But they never mentioned any of this, the trans stuff. Well, it turns out uh, young uh, Alex knew this story. He'd heard it. Quinn was born a woman with woman parts, lived life as a woman up until fairly recently, and decided they're binary. -binary. Non-binary. Non-binary. Decided they're non-binary. They don't identify as either man or woman. And so they're calling that the first trans gold medal winning athlete. So wait she was a born a woman, played on the women's soccer team, yes, and is uh, being uh, hailed as the first trans gold medal winner. And talking about how she's talking about, they're talking about how difficult it was to come out as non-binary. I'm not sure why that's as difficult as like changing sexes, and certainly not as uh, brave. It doesn't seem to me. I, I, I I'd kind So of be wait a minute, wait a minute. So if you just say, "Yeah, I've always been a girl," but no, I'm neither. That's being transgender, and you're still dressing like a girl, and you're still a girl, and you're still, you still into all no, the girls. No, no,
1: no, 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 no. That don't is know completely this. different than the Laurel Hubbard thing. Completely different. I, I,
0: I think so. <laughs> of course it is. But why did all the media act like it was the same thing? Because they're lying, at deluded, ideological wackadoos.
1: The, the entire question is: Do you bring greater strength and size to women's sports than you oughta? As you used to be a
0: dude that's the entire question and the question doesn't apply to this person i would just uh, i'm kind of interested in if the tra- people who are trans i don't want to say the trans community because often communities have spokespeople that don't represent the bulk of their their own constituents. Right. And um, it's
1: not like they all live together in a
0: suburb anyway. I'm always amused by the idea of a whatever community. But if I was born a man or a woman and at some point decided I was the other and I go through the operations and I change the way I dress and my name and do all the stuff like Caitlyn Jenner did or that weightlifter did or you know like that's a difficult thing to do. That would be a hard conversation to have with your friends, your boss, your parents, your kids. And then the operations and the hormones and everything like that? Are are you cool with people who just who continue to be what they are, but just say i 'm not going to say uh, being lumped in with you and getting non-binary. The, and getting the credit for being so brave or maybe are i don 't know i 'm going would, from Rebecca Quinn to Quinn I would feel like you did something that 's pretty damn easy compared to what i did well it, it reminds
1: me of the whole if anybody 's a woman, just because they say there are they are then there 's really no such thing as a woman I mean any more than i don 't know you, you could declare yourself a a Martian or a Democrat or whatever you want, or a woman, whatever. It doesn't mean anything. Which, when obviously being a woman does mean something. And now, if you can just declare yourself transgender, even though you haven't, I mean, you're just describing yourself differently. That's
0: dumb. <laughs> Quinn is one of three transgender uh, athletes participating in the Olympics, said NBC News, and then quoting Quinn when they said, Coming out was very difficult. It was very difficult to say, I'm no longer going to say I'm a man or a woman. Okay. That'd be the end of that conversation. That's don't think of me different. as a
1: girl or a dude. I'm kind of neither. Anyway. That's fine. I wish I wish Quinn nothing but happiness and success. Obviously, but the idea that three transgender participants in the Olympics—I mean, what was the third one? I mean, the one gal was, there was a, dude, a skateboarder.
0: Now there was a skateboarder um, girl who was a boy, or the other way around. I don't know which, but there was a skateboarder that also didn't medal. Um, it, it would certainly the Quinn thing certainly has nothing to do with the complicated issue no. of. You know, the whole trans athlete thing that we've been talking about for years and they can't figure out how to uh, settle. So I want to jump to this because it's kind of on the same topic and um, it's an opinion piece I need to point out in the Wall Street Journal, but it's written by Abigail Schreier. She's the one that wrote the book about, and I'm not sure all this... You know, trans drugs operations for children is a good idea. She wrote the book, backed by a lot of medical science, banned on Amazon. They wouldn't allow the book to be out there at all. I believe that was Irreversible Damage. I think the that the was her book. I don't yeah. remember the title. Yeah. Moby Dick. Look up Moby Dick. I think it might be Moby Dick. Anyway, mm. let me read a little of this uh, for you. Is it safe for adolescents to undergo gender transition? Is it wise for children to take hormones that block puberty? God, just saying that sounds horrific. But The American Academy of Pediatrics is not only has answered these questions in the affirmative, but is determined to stifle any debate. On Friday, the AAP told an international consortium of more than 100 clinicians and researchers who doubt the reigning orthodoxy that they couldn't set up the information booth that they'd brought to the association's national conference. The cosmetics company L'Oreal was there. The National Peanut Board is there, but not the Society for Evidence-Based Gender Medicine, which is called the S-G-E-M. They object to the widespread use of affirmative care protocols, which mandate that adolescent and even pediatric patients who claim to have gender dysphoria, severe discomfort with their biological sex, receive immediate affirmation from their physicians. So you as a doctor, if an eight-year-old comes in, eight-year-old boy comes in and says, I think I'm a girl, you're supposed to immediately go with, you are then. Right. And no, no questioning beyond that. And let's dial up some treatments. These young people are then frequently encouraged along a path of rapid transition via, via hormone treatment and surgery. In the past year, major hospitals in Europe have ended or curtailed pediatric hormone treatments in response to their own internal reviews. In March, the U.K.'s National Institute for Health and Care Excellence concluded that the benefits of hormone treatments for pediatric gender dysphoria patients were unclear. Uh, another hospital in Sweden, which is affiliated with the institute that awards the Nobel Prize in Medicine in May, decided to end its use of puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones for treatment of gender dysphoria for all patients under 18 except in controlled research settings. Finland's national gender program issued new guidelines after noticing that many of the kids treated with hormone therapy failed to show any improvements in mental health, which we've talked about before. Right, right. Clinicians across, so Europe is really pumping the brakes on this, but we're full speed ahead in the United States for some reason. I remember it was Newsweek, I think, that had profiles of three different uh, transgender
1: uh, people who said, "As soon as I expressed any doubt about what sex I'm meant to be, I got whisked onto this uh, conveyor belt of nothing but yes, yes, yes. Go ahead, do this next, do this next. And even if I expressed doubts, I was told to pipe down. It, it's it's a you it's a it's a." Uh, it's a a weirdly uh, what's the what's the right term it's a fixation it's a on this it's a weird enthusiasm a
0: mania well i believe the thing is real in general but it's become a f- such a fad that yes i'll read yeah. one more paragraph and then i'll be done clinicians across the west are acknowledging that the evidentiary basis supporting medical transition for kids is shaky and that hormone treatments on adolescents don't produce significant mental health benefits. Yet there's no home for that message inside U.S. medical societies, uh, said the co-founder of the, um, the people that Wow. Are, are, are saying, look, we've got data that, that says the other. That, Even that says as the idea.
1: enlightened, enlightened countries of Europe say, no, nah, this stuff is way overboard. We need to
0: scale this way back. The anything goes always way further out than us, Europe is saying, nah, I mean, this is this is too much for children. Come on. Yeah. yeah. How about that, that it, as a physician, you have to be on board right off the bat? Wow. That's a tough situation to be in for a physician because you might have known that. You, you probably did. You know, you're a physician. You got an eight-year-old, you know, something, you, quite possibly like a, a doctor for my kids. You've known them since they were born. You know something about their personalities and their struggles and their accomplishments and stuff like uh-huh. that. And you might know this is a kid that's got this trouble or that trouble, I'm not so sure. Well, and as I've said, all of us are
1: searching for the answer to how can I be happier. And if you're a troubled kid, a troubled adolescent, and you're searching for the key, what what do I need? Is it a new haircut? Is it a new clothing style? Is it new friends? Maybe I need to join a sports team. Maybe I was meant to be a woman. That's why I'm unhappy. That's why I'm uncomfortable in my own skin. That's why I don't have friends. It's because I'm actually and and kids are desperate for that answer. And then when they express that doubt or or desire to explore the question, they run into this team of adults who just can't wait to speed up the assembly line and get it moving. And and they go along, often with uh, horrific regrets and a decline in mental health. The idea that children should be empowered to make these decisions is
0: insane. And the fact that the American Academy of Pediatrics will not allow even one information booth at their national conference saying... Hey, look at our flyer. Take a look at this. Yeah, yeah. here is an alternate point. Isn't of that amazing? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's is this just, just
1: is this just another sign of how radically progressive our our uh,
0: colleges and grad schools are? I guess because I, I assume they see that as something hateful and wrong, and that's why they don't allow it. Because why wouldn't you allow in a Poison View at least on one booth over in the corner? Right. Well, I'm just I'm picturing what percentage of Americans
1: think that's a, a jolly good policy that the uh, Academy of Pediatrics has. I, I'll bet it's a very small yeah, number. It, it, it certainly isn't the majority. And yet the Academy is so intent. They're so confident that that's the right path. They won't even allow dissent. That's such a distortion of, of this country. Our elites, our elite institutions are, are have gone nuts.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. What about Latinx transgenders, Jack? Um, We'll talk about that idiotic term. Oh, I gave it away. uh, I can't believe believe this sentence is coming out of my mouth. We have Britney Spears news for you. Hmm. Um, People that were uninvited to the Obama party because when there was a backlash about the number of people who were going to be there, they'd already invited a bunch of people that they had to then contact and say, you're... You're a friend of Barack's, but not that good a friend. So <laughs> stay home. <laughs> that hurts. And then you'd see who went. And you'd tell, wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah. Ouchie. He's a better friend of Barack's than I am. Ouch. That hurts. Uh, all that stuff on the way.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
0: The Armstrong and Getty Show. United Airlines announced that they're requiring all of their employees to get vaccinated. Um, Meanwhile, Spirit Airlines isn't requiring vaccines. They were just like, we're just going to fly with the windows down.
1: (laughs) Oh, oh, my. Hmm.
0: Another shot at Spirit Airlines. If you went to the big Garth Brooks concert at Arrowhead Stadium, where the fabulous uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs play, uh, biggest crowd they've ever had there for Garth Brooks, they're making anybody who's unvaccinated, they're saying you need to quarantine for two weeks. If you went to the concert, that's the state guidelines. So that would be kind of a sucky thing to find out. You get home from a concert, you weren't planning on calling your boss and saying, I can't come in for two weeks to work. Because I, I went to the concert
1: over the weekend. If, is anybody enforcing that, or is there any know. belief that anybody's going to do it?
0: I don't or is it know just that.
1: A suggestion. So Gallup had a poll came out this week, surveyed Hispanic adults on their preferred racial term. Yes, hmm, hmm. I, I, I've read in the New Yorker and of course NPR and the New York Times that Latinx is the proper term. When asked which term should generally be used. of Hispanic adults say, I don't care. I don't care what term is used. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so we're starting there. 57% say it doesn't matter. 23%, that's the biggest number of anybody who cared, said Hispanic. 15% said, I guess I go with Latino. And 4% responded Latinx. And they are all grad students in grievance studies, I'm certain. So
0: NPR is catering to 4% of people. Right, apparently. 4% of Hispanics. Right. 4% of Hispanics want NPR to say Latinx. So anyway, remember, 57% said, I don't care. Well, they said, all right, all
1: right, all right. If you got to choose one, you got to choose one. So now we, we had almost 60% of the people back in, so that's really, surely gonna beef up that Latinx number. Well, if they had to choose one, 57%, coincidentally, same number, said, alright, Hispanic. 37% said Latino. And just 5% said Latinx. So of the 57% who wouldn't answer the first question, only 1% of them jumped into the Latinx crowd.
0: I would love to have NPR explain why they continue to say Latinx. Who is that for? Grad the, students. The
1: super woke grad students.
0: Yeah. yeah. But and it's I, not I, for Hispanic people. It's for other grad students of
1: whatever race. Yeah, it's virtue signaling. Clearly. I love this comment from uh, Natalie (laughs) Shore.
0: And the idea of white people telling brown people what they should be called.
1: What could be worse than that? Exactly. It boggles the mind why Democratic, uh, Democrats and leftists would continue to use Latinx while the Hispanic com- community resists it. But across media education and politics, they insist on telling people what they must be called, which seems a bit colonial for progressives who claim to oppose such behavior. I'm no expert on this stuff, but it always struck me as screwed up that Latinx tacitly casts the language spoken by the people it describes as problematic. Yeah, because your language is problematic and we're going to rectify it with the word that only makes sense in an anglophone context, an
0: English context, <laughs> because if you don't know think about Spanish. And I just re- was reminded myself that I signed up. <laughs> I signed up for an evening Spanish class as an adult and went one time. Oh, boy. The one. no, bueno. t- the one, no, bueno. <laughs> one time I, I sat there for like halfway through the first class. I thought, I'm not going to do this. It's going to be a lot of work. And so I just never went back. Oh, boy! Um, and I was right. I was right to not go back. Uh, it's not. In, I don't need to speak Spanish, and I was not going to put in the effort. I'm going to put in the effort. It's going to be something else. But anyway, so there are non-Hispanic, non-Spanish people speaking people who are offended by the fact that they have gender-related words, male-female words. So they want to do Which away with isn't that? even an accurate description. Just no. hundreds of years ago, somebody
1: descri- decided to describe language that way.
0: Right. But so people who don't who aren't native Spanish speakers, have decided they want to do away with that. It's problematic, yes. White people are telling brown
1: people how to refer to themselves to cure them of their backwardness, and that is progressivism.
0: I hate the term colonialism, colonialist, or all that sort of stuff, but that is a colonial move right there. Oh, yeah. To come, it's unbelievable. To come across of people that have been speaking the same language for a thousand years and tell them, nah, nah, you're doing it wrong. It's the white man's burden to
1: have to correct the poor, dumb Spanish speakers <laughs> about their own language. Way to go, woke crowd. Way to go. Do you realize how you come off?
0: The innest of in crowds this year might be the people that got to go to Barack Obama's party, but we got the list of people that got uninvited because when the 475-person guest list was downsized... After the backlash over COVID talk, they had to call some of these celebrities and tell them, you don't make the cut. Well, I noticed Joe Biden wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Neither was David mm-hmm. Axelrod, which is surprising. Your campaign manager got you elected, didn't make the cut. Or I wonder if he offered to back out. I don't know. That would be an uncomfortable, uh, uncomfortable thing to do. We'll get to that in hour or two, among other things.
1: Armstrong and Getty.